and welcome back to another episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast, Intentionally Creating a Lifestyle of Freedom. Today is Wednesday, October the 7th, 2020. This is episode number seven, also the fourth in our Creating a Lifestyle of Freedom series. Today, I am going to answer a few questions that I came across on Facebook. I put the question out there. What are your kids or your teenagers' biggest questions on life and the future? And I got some really interesting replies on that. So I'll I'll answer a few of those and give some suggestions on that. The main topic of the show, I'm going to give you an in-depth plan or step-by-step plan for how to go about creating, continually creating that lifestyle of freedom that we all long for. And this can be used for anybody from young age, 12, 13, all the way up through, you know, till the day you die, you should be using these steps to continually evaluate your life and and create more freedom in your lifestyle. So with that, let's jump into the questions. The first one I got, and I had to laugh when I got this, was how do cows even have a baby? Well, this one is best uh, observed in reality. You know, if you if you have a farm nearby or perhaps you live on a farm, you can watch the birthing process. I've helped out with different cow births myself, and it's not a pretty sight. It's, it's quite gruesome. And um, if you're squeamish at all, especially for young kids, they might not enjoy the process. But there are some YouTube videos uh, that I found on cows giving birth. So I will put those in the show notes if you're interested in that. The second question I got was, when are we going to fire Trump? He is a sore loser. <laughs> and I had to laugh at this one. That, that was it, it cracked me up. This coming from a kid. When are we going to fire Trump? Um, I would answer, I don't get into politics. So. The earliest that we will know anything about whether Trump is going to be fired or reelected will be a month from now, if we even know at that point. Question number three. The lady says, my son is stuck on the optical nerve and how it makes us see. He's seven years old. So I did some quick research, and here's what I came up with. And this is... There's a lot of big words in here, and I'll probably butcher them. Forgive me in advance. The optic nerve, also known as the cranial nerve 2, or simply as CN2, is a paired cranial nerve that transmits visual information from the retina to the brain. In humans, the optic nerve is derived from the optic stalks during the seventh week of development and is composed of retinal ganglion cell axons and glial cells. It extends from the optic disc to the optic chiasma and continues as the optic tract to the lateral geniculate nucleus, pretectal nuclei, and superior colliculus. Now, if you understood any of those words, you are much better than me. Here's an explanation that made a lot more sense. The optic nerve carries the impulses formed by the retina which is the nerve layer that lines the back of the eye and senses light and creates impulses. Those impulses are carried through the optic nerve to the brain, which interprets those 
impulses as images. Sorry about that. I got lost where I was reading. Those impulses are interpreted by the brain as images. And if you use something called an ophthalmoscope, the head of the optic nerve can easily be seen. An interesting fact, each optic nerve contains more than a million nerve fibers. Wow, that's incredible. The eyes are an incredible thing. And if you, uh, any homeschooler should do the experiment of dissecting an eye. I did that back when I was in school, and it's quite interesting what you'll find in there. Um, I, I highly recommend, you know, going to a butcher shop or somebody who you know who has cows. You know, if they butcher cows or if they have one die on them, I'm sure any farmer would be happy to give you a cow eye for a science experiment. I highly recommend it. Uh, the fourth question, was Andre the Giant a kind man? This comes from Blake, aged five, at two o'clock in the morning. I imagine Blake may have just watched, um, I think it's called The Princess Bride. Andre the Giant was one of the main characters in that show. And from all accounts and purposes in watching that movie, yes, he seems like he would have been a kind man. From what I understand, he was actually a wrestler. And he died recently, if I remember hearing right. Um, but. I, I do believe people say people that knew him would say he was a kind man. The next question. If these animals are nocturnal, then are daytime animals dayturnal? <laughs> and it's very close, very, uh, very astute observation. It's actually called diturnal. I don't know how you pronounce it, but D-I-T-O-U-R-N-A-L. So, yes, yeah, very close to dayturnal. Over on another group that I'm a part of, I asked the same question, what's your biggest questions that teens have about the future? One, of, one question was asked, how is what I'm learning now going to help me in later life? And, and the mom answered that if I can't give a good answer to it, then we find something more productive to do that'll actually help them. And that's how I believe that education should be, is should be focused on the child's interest and like the kid earlier asked about the eyes, a parent should jump onto that. You can do so much science focusing, studying the eyes and how they work and doing the di dissecting them. And aside from the basic math and reading, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic are the three things that we need in life. Other than that, education should be based on the child's interests and what's actually going to help them. I haven't used algebra. I did algebra one in school, and I dropped out of high school. And I probably used some of the concepts in life, but I, for the most part, I, I didn't use it. I, I needed practical education, like taxes, like business management, like how to drive, paying bills, changing a tire. And that's actually another question that I got is, when will I ever need to know these things in reference to what they're learning? When do you use it? Can you teach me how to cook, drive, pay bills, and change a tire instead? And those I found were very, um, very pertinent questions. Those are things that need to be taught at a younger age. Instead, we focus on things that 
most people never use later in life. And the things that they do use every day, we overlook them thinking that, well, they'll just pick them up along the way. But those need to be intentionally taught. Those are, those are real skills, driving, paying the bills, changing a tire. Those are real skills that everybody needs. Preparedness is another one. You know, for changing a tire, I recently had a blowout on a tool trailer that I was pulling, and I was not prepared to change it. My spare had gotten moved. It wasn't on my truck. I didn't have the right tools with which to change the tire. So I had to go buy the tools and the spare tire because I was an hour and a half away from home and not I didn't have access to those things which I already owned. So preparedness is a is a really good one. Another comment was cooking and finances. Um <laughs> someone also commented and I heard this too a lot when I was in school is my math teachers were telling me that you won't always have a calculator with you, but my calculator you know, we call it a cell phone, but it's never more than a few feet away from me. I, it, it's pretty well attached at the hip. I don't like to think that, but it, it is. I, I carry it with me everywhere I go. It's my lifeline, basically. It's how I communicate with people. It's how I talk with you. Um, you know, it, it has a calculator. I, I, <laughs> funny story. I'm in a homeschooling group. and. Someone posted a video a few days ago of their, I think, second grade son. She caught him asking Alexa the math questions. He would go, Alexa, what is six times eight? And then he'd write the answer down. And he was just going down the list of his questions. And it's just goes to show you that a lot of things that we learn, that we think we have to learn, we don't need to know them because the information is at your fingertips whenever you want to learn it. When you need to learn it is when you will learn it because then you'll go find the information and you'll actually retain it because you wanted to know it. Moving on to the main topic of today's show. I got uh, these uh, I got this 13 step from uh from Jack Spearco over at the Survival Podcast. And if you follow these steps, it can change your life. It will give you focus. It helps you to see a clear path to achieving what you want in life, to building, to creating that lifestyle of freedom that we've talked about for the last four episodes. So step number one, ask yourself, what do I want in my life that I don't have? And this, even if you are 12 years old, if you're 18 years old, if you're 53 years old, this question, what do I want in my life that I do not have? It, it puts you in a different mindset. It if you sit down and put a few minutes of thought into it and every day you keep adding to the list, every morning you wake up, you go back and you take a look at this. What do I want in my life that I don't have for myself? That would be a house. Okay, I have shelter, but I'm in a camper. So what I want in my life that I don't have is a house. Um, 
I want proper infrastructure, like a shop, a tool shed. I want good fences. I need farming equipment so that I can continue to build my homestead. So those are all things that I want in my life that I don't have. And if I write that down every day and I see that and I know what I'm focused on, I know what I'm going after, it keeps the goal in the front of my mind. It helps me remember what I'm living for. Step number two, what do I have in my life that I don't want? And these are things like toxic relationships. These are things like crappy vehicles. Um, it can be debt. It is uh, maybe you live in a place that you don't want. Like it might be a very hot climate or it might be a very cold climate. Those are things that you may have in your life that you don't want. And write all of those down and look at them every day. Reevaluate and add to the list. Cross things out if you find that, you know, that's really not so bad. But if it's something that you think you want or you think you don't want, go ahead and put it on the list and every day continually reevaluate that. Step number three, where do I want to build my life? And that doesn't have to be a specific location. It can be the you should focus on the the features of where you want to build your life. So if you want to live in the mountains, you know, instead of saying, I want to live in Montana, just start by saying, I want to live in the mountains. Well, what do you like about that? I want to live where it snows. I want to live um, where there's hardwood trees. Well, that kind of eliminates the Western mountains. So if you go through that process, where do I want to build my life? But more the features of what you want, the area that you would like to live. And then you can narrow it down and start finding places that fit your description of that. Step number four, develop how can I questions. So go back over the things in my life that I want and the things I don't want and the where do I want to build my life and ask yourself, how can I get that? How can I have better vehicles? How can I get the farm equipment? How can I get a house? And that will create new synapses in your brain, create a new way of thinking about how you can actually get those things. It, it turns you to um, creating solutions rather than focusing on the problem. It helps you to focus on the solution for getting what you want and for getting rid of the things you don't want. Step number five is to create a financial plan. And if you're starting out, if you're young, if you are, you know, 12, 13 years old, 15 years old, the financial plan isn't going to be as big a part of what you want to do as someone who is, say, in their 20s or 30s, because then everything is, is contingent on those finances. I'm 33 and if I don't get the financial part right, then everything else tends to fall apart too. But when you're young, you have a little bit of leeway in that because typically you live in a secure environment. You're, you're taken care of. You don't have to worry about your food and your clothes and your housing. So you can focus on kind of the financial aspects or the, the how can I part of those other questions. and as you grow and get a little older and start working and building your career, add the financial aspect into that. 
Like, what is this going to cost me? What are, what's the opportunity cost? What, what do I have to, what effort do I have to put forth to make this happen? That all is included in the financial plan. Step number six, list everything you have and are grateful to have in life. Like your job. Okay. Maybe you hate your job, but is there anything you like about your job? Do you like uh, the fact that you work with a lot of people in your job, that you meet new people and you get to drive around. Maybe you're a salesman and you don't like driving around, but you like talking to people. Um, that's that's something that you can list down about it. Um, maybe Maybe you work by yourself and you like that aspect of it. Or whatever it is that you can think of in life that you're grateful for. List that down. Write that on this list. Right now, my dog is very high on that list. She's laying about two feet away from me, sound asleep on her great big old dog bed. List everything you have and are grateful to have in your life and work. Step number seven, a deep analysis of what is in my sphere of control, sphere of influence, and sphere of concern. And this is what's known as a Venn diagram where you have three circles and they, the area of overlap in the middle is what you want to focus on. When you focus on that, you live within that area of overlap of your circles of control, influence, and concern. That is how you create a lifestyle of freedom. Don't worry about things that you know might concern you, but you don't have any control over or influence over. If if you have control over something, but it doesn't concern you, then why do you want to mess with that? So focus on the center, the, the center part of that Venn diagram, and create the lifestyle that you want to live. Step number eight, turn off the, the news. I, yeah, I wanted to insert words there, but just turn off the news. You, all it does is create fear. It drives you to make irrational decisions. And nothing good comes from watching the news all the time. I read an article the other day that supposedly people who don't watch the news are actually more caught up on newsworthy events, on current events, than people who have the news playing in the background all the time. Turn off the news. If something happens that you need to hear about, you'll hear about it. Step number nine, look back over your how can I questions and now turn them into how am I going to do it statements. So if your how can I question was something like, how can I um, get that farm equipment? How can I... Um, you know, build. How can I? How can I build my house? How can I have that house? And then change that into an "I am going to" statement. I am going to build a side hustle, get some side hustle income, so that I can save up money and afford the farm equipment. You get the picture there. Step number ten: Take action on at least one thing from your "How am I going to" statement or how I am going to statements rather, and do that thing today. Go ahead and take that step, take action. That is the key here is 
acting on it. If you talk and think but don't act, you're not going to move ahead. It doesn't do any good to go sit in the vehicle and push the gas. And that's all that talking is. You have to fire up the engine. You have to put it in gear. And then you have to push the gas. And that is the action. Okay, so don't just go sit in your vehicle and look out the window and wonder why you're not moving. Put it in gear and get into action. Step number 11. Accept the fact that you deserve exactly what you want to the extent that you do the work to get it. So you have to do the work to get the things that you want. Zig Ziglar said it this way. You can have anything in life that you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want first. Very profound. Step number 12, find people who have what you want and examine what they did to get it. Ask them if they'll mentor you. Go ask them questions. Interview them. Like, look, how did you do this? I want that kind of lifestyle. I want to be able to have the farm equipment. I want to do these things, but make sure that all the aspects fit. Like for myself, I want the farm equipment, but I want to be debt free. So I'm not going to go to a farmer who has farm equipment, but is a million dollars in debt because of it and say, hey, how did you get what you want? I want to do that too. And they say, well, you got to go to the bank and borrow the money. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really fit with my lifestyle of freedom that I'm trying to create. So find people who have what you want and ask them about it, question them out, and then emulate them. Do the things. And the 13th and final step is to review the list every day. Keep updating it. Keep taking action. Keep going back over it. And don't stop till you have the things that you want. I can do a lot better at this. I went through this and wrote it all out and did all the work. And then I didn't do the reviews. I need to keep doing the reviews. I got to go back over my own steps, the the steps that I've laid out here, which again, I got from Jack Spearco at the Survival Podcast. This is not my work. I don't take credit for this at all. But I wanted to pass it on to you. Do the work, take action, and then keep working your list. Keep doing it until you've created the lifestyle of freedom that you want, the things that you long for. Keep going after it. You deserve it in so much as you put in the effort to get it and and not uh, following the, the NAP, I should say. You, don't, you can't take from somebody else. That's not ethical. So understand that when I say you deserve it in so much as you put forth the effort to get it. I'm referring to ethically here. Just understand that and know that. I don't want anybody to come back and say, well, he told me that I can just go take whatever I wanted because I deserved it if I put forth the effort. That's not what I'm saying. here. That's not what I'm saying at all. But with that, we've reached the end of another episode. I hope this has been helpful to you. Go back and listen to it another time. Listen to it three or four times if you need to, if that helps. Share it with a friend and let me know how it goes for you. I want to know, was this clear for you? Does it make sense? Where are you at in creating your own lifestyle of freedom? 
what is it that, uh, what kind of lifestyle are you trying to create? What does freedom look like to you? Send me a note. I'd, I'd love to hear what freedom looks like to you, what that lifestyle is to you. Set, you can send me an email at ken at constructiveliberty.com. You can also connect with me on MeWe and Parlor. I am on Facebook, but I'm trying to wean myself off of Facebook. Um, Instagram, I'm there somewhat, but mostly I'm on MeWe and Parlor. So connect with me there. I also just started a group for the Constructive Liberty podcast on MeWe. So go join in the discussion there. Tell me what you like. Ask me your questions. Or you can always send an email to ken at constructiveliberty.com.